Blog Talk Radio.
everybody's relationship is just that. Sheila had with her children. Everybody had their own individual relationship because everybody was an individual and their needs was individual. So when you notice someone has lost someone, you have to be mindful of what you say to them. This week we learned from uh, Pastor uh, Johnny Marshall last week. He said, watch what comes out of your mouth. And on this week, Friday, we learned from Prophet Antoine. He said, watch what you say <laughs> out your mouth. And when the woman of God, apostle like Dr. Cecilia Kaiser, ministered yesterday on Sunday morning, she ministered about watch what comes out of your mouth, watch what you say, what's in your mouth. That's what Pastor uh, Johnny Marshall ministered. So in other words, even the word of God speaks on putting a bridle on your tongue. Know when God is telling you to speak life. If you can't speak life over someone and into someone, don't say nothing. Don't say nothing. Just sit there and pray with them. If you don't know how to pray for them and you don't know how to pray about the situation, do not tell somebody you know how they feel. Cassandra Brown, Bobby Joe, Paris, we are praying for you all. We are praying on purpose. We know that God is a healer, but it's okay for us to go through the morning. It's okay for us to be in a place where we are right now because we are human. And our hearts do break and hurt. So know that it's okay. So at this time, I'm going to uh, say to Blog Talk, if you're on the line, Blog Talk, please mute your phone. If you're not the soloist, if you're not the prayer, if you're not the speaker, please mute your phone so that we don't have a whole lot of feedback because it distorts and takes away the message because this is a digital broadcast. As your turn comes up, it's okay for you to speak or sing or pray, but once you finish, please mute your phone till the end of the service when you get a chance to talk. I just wanted to say that to you all. I thank you all. Apostle Lex said we are live. We are live on my page. Sylvia Kaiser, please share, please share. I'm going to hand it over to Minister Margot so she can take you further into the service. And you all keep the Brown family, keep the Kaiser family, keep the Seabury, keep us in your prayer as well as the Thomas family. Keep us in your prayer and pray for the other ones that you're praying. Minister Margot is in your hands. God bless you. God bless you, woman of God. Thank you, Minister Sylvia, for just being so committed to this ministry and to what you promised God you would do. I just thank you for allowing me to be part of this and bringing our family even closer together and, more importantly, closer to the foot of the cross. So on tonight, I just thank and praise God for each of you that are listening. Saints, tonight we are just going to pull together and 
put our minds and focus our minds and hearts on God because he's been so good. He's been good to each and every one of us, and he's been a faithful God. He's been just everything we need, and I thank him for it. I thank him so much that I've been blessed to be part of a family that loves and serves God. And on tonight, God has allowed my very loving and supportive family members who are in the generation that follows mine to minister to us on tonight. I'm asking you, each of you, to pray for them as they go forward. This is my way of encouraging them to just do what God would have you to do. Whatever it is, do it as best you can. And as my mother always said, to the glory and honor of God, everything that you do should be done to God's glory and his honor. And so on tonight, my niece, Cynthia Seabury, will minister to us in song. She has been given a gift of song, which is also another legacy that my family has. We've always had singers in our family, and she definitely is one who would be considered a songbird. She knows how to praise God. After she sings, my other loving niece, Latoya Bennett Lindbergh, will be praying for us. This woman of God has been gifted with the mantle of prayer, and she's going to take us to the throne of grace and allow us to get even more focused and more centered on what God has for us tonight. And I ask each of you to pray for my nephew. My nephew, George Randall Seabury IV, he's going to bring us a word tonight. And, and I know this young man has been, he's been called of God. He's been called to reach out to the lost and the damaged, and the hurting, and to, to bring them just a little closer to our Father and his Son, Jesus the Christ. So just be ready, prayerful, and expect God to move tonight in our hearts and our minds and to stir our souls. Cynthia, if you are on the line, The program is in your hands right now. Go forth, young woman. Praise God tonight. Oh, God is so good. I would like to sing an original that um, my mother, Jacqueline Seabury, helped me write. And we had copywritten. She has just been on my mind today and... I just felt like I I wanted to sing this because I feel that it'll touch. Somebody needs to hear this song, and it will touch them tonight. It'll change their life. Thank you, Jesus. You didn't have to do what you did for me, yet you give your life to set me free. And when I was down, you gave me the sky. 
Signs of light in my dark night. And Lord, I have to say that you truly care for me. You wouldn't have paid my debt on Calvary while I was pushing away from you. You showed me your love was true. You are my defender. You are the reason I surrender. Hey, Lord, I have to say that you truly care for me. So today I stand and say, you showed me. You showed me the way you showed me unconditional love. You gave your life just for me. Swept all my past away. Now I have life, life everlasting. And because of the blood you sacrificed, you say, the soul in me, oh, and because of the blood you sacrificed, you saved the soul in me. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Unconditional love. Thank you. Thank you for that song, sweetheart. Thank you. I know your mom is smiling. Thank you, Jesus. Adopt Hallelujah. an attitude of praise. As we adopt an attitude of praise, as we settle ourselves, as we focus on our Savior, as we put the days, worries, and troubles aside, I ask that we calm my spirits. To all the problems. That is our medicine when we're sick. Our comforter as we grieve. Obstacles of life. We walk into your throne with grace. What an attitude of gratitude for all the mercies and blessings that you had already bestowed upon us. We're so grateful. We're so thankful that you took time to notice us, to our needs, to be our comforter, Father God. When we didn't know where to go or who to turn to, you were there for us. Midnight hour, out and there was nobody to for me. We want to say thank you. Thank you for being that God for us. Thank you for being that Savior for us. Thank you for being that help and present in our time of trouble. Father God, we come to you tonight, Father God, just so thankful, just so thankful that you are our God. Even when we don't deserve it, you are there. Even when we don't know what to do or how to do, you are there. At this time, in this moment, that we lean not into our own understanding, that we seek you 
in spirit and in truth, Father God. We ask that you would come and you would you would minister to those that are hurting, those that are grieving. Our family has suffered such loss in such a short span of time. But, Lord, we even surrender that to you. We give our hurt to you, Father, that you might make our way easy and our burdens light, Father God. It not said that you wouldn't give us more than we could handle. You said you wouldn't give us more than you could handle. So we give it to you today, Father God. We give that hurt. We give that sickness. We give that despair. We give that depression. We give that confusion. We give it all to you, Father God, for you will make it right in our lives, Father God. And what was on my heart before I even start to pray was I surrender all. People on this call, I ask that you surrender all today. Surrender to him. Give it to him. You can't fix it. You can't change it, but he can. And, Lord, I pray that your people would surrender today. They would give up and give over to you totally in spirit and in truth, in deed and in action, in thought, that we surrender all to you today, Father God, all the hurt, all the misunderstandings, all the misspoke words. Father, we ask that we would give it all to you today, Father God. Father God, we ask that you would have a word for your people tonight, that you would use the man of God tonight, Father God, that you would tap into that part of him that is directly connected to you, Father God, that he would allow you to come in and take over, that the words that he speaks be not his words, not his intellect, but your words, Father God, your spirit, that you reign total supreme and undoubtedly in control of this blog talk tonight, Father God. Lord, we ask that you would go and you would see to the health of your people, that you would heal them from the inside out. They might have a testimony. This is what I had. But look what my God has done for me. Lord, let our lives be living epistles read of men that we might have the opportunity to share the glorious story of salvation. Father God, let us be about your work each and every day and everything that we do, everywhere that we go. Let we let us hold up that bloodstained banner for the Lord, that someone might see you in our lives, Father God, that someone might see you and inquire that we might have an opportunity to share your goodness, your grace. Father God, that we might be able to give a testimony of how you delivered us, how you carried us, how you loved us, and how you continue to do those things. Father God, we surrender all to you today. We surrender all of our doubts. We surrender all of our fears. We surrender all to you today, Father God. And as the man of God goes forth, Lord, let, let, let us be fed with your word. Let us just bask in your glory. Let us live under your anointing. Father God, we ask all these things in the matchless and priceless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 It's in your hands, man of God. Amen. Uh, Good evening, everybody. Um, I'm uh, honored that I've been asked to do this again. You know, it's uh, you would think that it it would be um, second nature, considering how much I run my mouth. 
but it's always a, it's, it's always a little. Uh, I, I, I dare not say uh, uh, fearful, or frightening, because we know God doesn't give us a spirit of fear. But uh, it's it, it always it's such an honor that I'm always taken aback by it, and I pray that something that I say uh, does something for somebody and it makes sense. And as a as my cousin said, that it be not my words, but the word of God. When I was asked um, to bring a message, it, I almost had, a, I guess, the equivalent of a writer's block. I'm like, well, what is it I could possibly, I'm surrounded by people of God uh, and the, the, the ministers that host this and, and all of my relatives. I'm like, what could I possibly uh, bring to them that they don't know already? probably uh, tenfold more so than myself. And my aunt basically just told me to, to speak from the heart and let God speak through me. So the thing that popped up into my mind was the age that we live in, the uncertainty of uh, of it all, you know, as far as uh, traversing this city and these, these uh, streets, especially Chicago and then in other countries as well, a feeling of safety. If you're not rooted in God and you don't have a faith that's rooted in God, it's almost impossible to feel safe these days. Just going to the store, just going to get your mail. And and that was kind of where my mind started thinking. So I started looking into cities of refuge from the Old Testament, because I really didn't know that much about them. I thought I did, but once I started really looking into them, I mean, of course, we know that they were a foreshadowing, much like a, a lot of the things from the Old Testament, the ark itself, the the serpent that was held up uh, in, the, in the desert over the people who got bit by the snakes. And, you know, all of these things were, were kind of allegories. They were foreshadowings uh, for the New Testament, for the New Covenant, for the the Christ to come. But the cities of refuge were not anything that like what I thought they were. So first off, when when all of the land was parceled up and all of the tribes received what they were going to receive on, on uh, either sides of the Jordan, the Levites didn't actually get anything but 48 cities. They didn't get any land per se. It's kind of an addendum to that. But they just got 48 cities, and of those 48 cities, six of them were deemed cities of refuge. They were Kadesh, Shisham, Hebron, Galan, uh, Ramoth, Gilead, and, and Bezer. And those all actually have, uh, I'm getting ahead of myself, they actually have definitions too, and it's amazing what those the names of those cities actually mean. So they they designated these six cities, cities of refuge. Now, in my mind, prior to to looking into this, I thought, well, I know a little bit about it. You know, if if uh, in in the, the well, right, slow down. If you were to accidentally take life, because the, the Levitical laws were, were real strict as far as taking lives go. As a matter of fact, even before the Levitical laws, God, uh, when he made the covenant with Noah, 
said that if anybody took the life, uh, took a life, that a life would have to be paid for by a life. It's like Genesis 9, I'm going to say 9 and 6, maybe, that a life had to be paid for by a life because man was made in the image of God. So at this time, if you took a life, uh, a life needed to be paid for by a life, even if it was an accident. So you could be somewhere working with your next-door neighbor, chop down a tree, tree falls on your next-door neighbor, by the Levitical law, that life needed to be paid for with your life. So they set these six uh, cities of refuge up. And what you were supposed to do at this point is, as soon as it happened, you dropped everything, you ran off to one of these six cities, and they, they put them in sparse enough around their, uh, around what we call the the land of Canaan on on west of the Jordan and then the Transjordan on the other side, on the east of the Jordan. And they put them, they sparsed them out, and they put them in really um, easily accessible places. They had roads two and three times the size of every other road. I think they said it was something like they were like 50 feet wide. They had an annual budget that that made them clean the roads. Like there was that these are the only cities that had no locks on the gates. There was complete access. So if you accidentally took a life, you were supposed to stop what you were doing and run straight to this city of refuge because otherwise what they call an avenger of blood had the right to take your life. So if you killed your neighbor, one of your neighbor's relatives could come straight away. They didn't have to have a trial. They didn't have to talk about it. Just take you completely right on out. Which, when I first uh, read that and understood it, it was just it was mind-boggling. I'm like, you already have to deal with what if this person is close to you? So you already have to deal with this tragic accident. But before I can even deal with this tragic accident, I got to run for my own life. And then once I make it to this this city of refuge, they will then offer you asylum. However. There still has to be a, a trial of sorts. They won't take you back to where it all occurred, and, and the story is going to be told out in its entirety. And if it turns out that you're not a murderer, that you're actually a manslayer, then you get to reside the rest of the. Then you go back to the city of refuge that you went to, and you reside there for the entirety of the life of the high priest, which, as we know, could be any number of times. If this was a a new high priest or an old, you know, he, he might have another 30, 45 years in him. And that's it. That's There is no no uh, reprieve beyond that. Because if you step foot outside the city of refuge and you run into the, the avenger of blood, you die. So now not only have you potentially lost uh, someone close to you, but now you've lost the entirety of your family. You've lost your house, your livelihood. You can't do anything. I mean, you, you you take your life in your own hands. You can leave the city of refuge if you like. But that's exactly what more than likely is going to happen is you will be taking your life into your own hands. And all because of a tragic accident. And I'm thinking like that. I know we often have this juvenile thought I do myself about things being fair. <laughs> I've been... I've been being scolded about that the majority of my life. Why do you think things that I, you know, I, I like math, so what what you do on one side of the equal sign, you do on the other side of the equal sign, and I, I do prefer things to be balanced. However, we know 
that that's not the universe of the world that we live in when it comes to reality, especially dealing with human beings. But I always uh, initially assume that things should be fair. And then, you know, there's also another juvenile uh, frame of mind that I have that all things dealing with God should definitely be fair, but fair by whose standards, you know? Just because you think it's fair or just because you, you think it, it's not fair, that really doesn't make a hill of beans, as they say. It doesn't make a difference at all because you are not God. And if you were God, I mean, most of us could barely run our lives. So imagine if we had to run a whole universe. But at any rate, so I'm digging into this thing, and I'm seeing these cities of refuge, and I'm like, well, that, 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 uh, that seems like that's something that should have been maybe tweaked or worked on, you know? But it's a little further than that. It's a little deeper than that because the problem is in the eyesight of God, as it was given down through Moses, the blood itself, much like um, when Cain slayed Abel, polluted the ground. So there has to be payment for it, regardless of if it was intentional. And, And it would behoove you that it was not intentional because if it comes, if they, if it comes to pass that they find out that the, the killing was intentional, then you die anyway. So there, there is no city of refuge for you. you you're done. So, we, you know, it, it's, uh, it's kind of six and one and a half, a dozen and the other. But that's because there had to be a toll paid for what they considered to be polluting the sacred ground, the, 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 the promised land. It's a defilement before God and somebody has to pay for it to the point where if they went out and they found someone dead and they couldn't find out how this person got killed, they would actually have to sacrifice a cow, a heifer, to cleanse the ground because up until then they were all, everybody in that area was guilty of polluting the ground. It's, it's, uh, it's real deep, but getting back to my point, once the the high priest died, then you could return to your life, however long that was, if you even still had a life outside of this place, outside of this city of refuge, because he took your defilement with him. He was the atonement. He was the atonement for you. At that point, your your sin was paid for. So we can we can already see that this is a precursor of what Jesus came to do for all of us. Save a few things. First of all, there were six six of these cities, and we know that six is is uh, biblically the number of man, and seven is the number of completion. So <clears throat> automatically, just that fact that it was six means that it was incomplete. One, two. You had to be innocent of of wrongdoing in order to even receive this, uh, you know, this, this respite in the city of refuge. If it turned out that you were, that you actually killed this person on purpose, then you died straight off. Now, thank God for us that this was just um, almost showing us how. It was incomplete. It was six of them. It's, this is showing us how incomplete our attempt to save ourselves just how incomplete it is because 
the city of refuge that we have in Jesus Christ does not um, concern itself with your guilt or innocence. Because if that was the case, I mean, we none of us all have sinned and fallen short of the grace of God. Not one innocent person under the sound of my voice, not one on the planet. As they say, the perfect people, uh, they hung him on a tree or he walked with God and then was translated up. I've heard uh, several people quoted as being perfect, one being Elijah, and one obviously being Jesus Christ. But other than that, there are no perfect people. So none of us could be deemed innocent. None of us, even though we may not be guilty of the, of the crime of murder, we're guilty. We wouldn't get that respite. So the city of refuge that we have through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ is in and of itself perfect. He is the seventh city of, of refuge. He is the perfection that we should all see. He is the safety that we all need, not just in these times, but in all times. I thank God that my guilt or my innocence does not um, prevent me from being a part The other thing is um, we don't have to wait until the high priest has passed over to pay the atonement. He has already paid it. It's already been paid. The sacrifice has already been made. He is eternal. We don't have to forego. Um, you still, in a sense, have to leave, you know, where you were, so to speak, in order to seek out the city of refuge because you are not going to be able to be with the same people. You are not going to be able to, to commit the same things that you've been committing or or enjoy, you shouldn't even enjoy the things that you used to enjoy prior to seeking out this city of refuge. It, the food should taste different. Music should sound different. Your desires should be altered. Like they say, if if uh, if you were on trial for your faith in God, would it be enough evidence in your life to convict you? Somebody should see a difference in you. You should not have to tell somebody. Your witness should be in your life. But you don't have to you don't have to be removed completely from the people that you love because our job is to witness, is to go and make disciples. So if I was stuck in the city of refuge, I couldn't reach out to the people that needed to be reached out to. You know. You have to be careful with that obviously because as they say when you're trying to get somebody sober, they can they can get you drunk faster than you can get them sober. So you you have to know the difference between fellowship and witnessing. That's it. But if I was stuck inside the city of refuge with no contact with the people who needed to be, because I mean everybody in the city of refuge is we all we all in the Levitical city. We all have the same. We, we should all be on the same page. 
And if I'm surrounded by people who are all on the same page, which is not a bad thing, how then can I spread the message of Jesus Christ? How how can I lead anybody? Now, granted, the roads are the biggest roads there are, and the, the, the gates are never locked. They're the best kept roads. Every crossroad is it has signs. These these cities themselves are high up. You can see them off in a distance. So the access is there, and the access is easy. But we still have a duty to witness to the lost. We need to be those signposts sometimes. Everybody's just not gonna make it there on their own. We are supposed to be our brothers' keepers. So if anybody, you know, is like myself, because I know, as we said, God didn't give us a spirit of fear. That's Second Timothy. But there's a certain uncertainty that comes with life. There's, there are times when we feel like uh, the table is rocking, the, you know, we, or the, the, the ground underneath us is shaking. If anybody like myself, has these feelings of uncertainty in this lifetime. I guess the whole point of this was to tell you that you do have a city of refuge. Tighten yourself into your faith in Jesus Christ. If he brought you to it, he can bring you through it, and he will. Then has befallen you that has not befallen anyone before you. Not, not sickness, not loss, not... Um, being accosted either physically or spiritually none of this is brand new and none of it is beyond the scope of 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 your lord and savior your city of refuge is there and even though there are no locks on the gate you are safe i thank you for this opportunity I think I needed to say this to myself more than I probably needed to say it to anybody else. I love all you guys, man. Keep the faith. Stay strong. Go with God and he will go with you. Amen. Praise our God. Praise our God. The city of refuge. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, God, for your word on tonight. Thank you, God, for all you have given us tonight. Thank you, God, for the atonement that has been made on our behalf, that we need not concern ourselves hmm, with the blood, because the blood has been shed. Hallelujah, on our stead, and we can stand strong. Knowing God, if he brought us to it, he'll bring us through it. Bless Randy on tonight. Give him what he needs, Lord. Help him to reach out to you like never before, to find strength, to find courage, to find your love and peace. Would you say it for all of us? We can see it, we can access it, and we can lead others to it. And not in fear, but in faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you, Mr. Sylvia.
It's in your hands. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the words on tonight. Thank you for Minister Cynthia Seabury singing a song that truly touched someone. I know it touched me. I'm sure it touched someone else. I thank her for being open and willing to be used of the Lord and saying yes to her auntie that asked her to be a part of the service on tonight. I thank God for Minister Latanya. I think we call her Toya. I thank God for Minister Latoya Membloom. Please, if it's messing up his first name, for praying because I know that she has an anointing for prayer. It's in her. It was put in her from her grandmother, and then her mama kept it going in her. I thank God that her auntie kept it going, that not only did she pray, she wanted to pray. She prayed on purpose. She prayed on will, and she prayed willingly. See, a lot of us have to understand it's the difference in doing something on will and willingly. I thank God for Randy, that when he ministers tonight, you know, we have a saying that says, me first, Lord. When somebody can minister to you and tell you, I needed this word myself. Mm. See, we have to get into a place where we're not so big, we're not so great, we're not so perfect. We figured that the message is for somebody when they could tell you this message was for me. <laughs> I thank God that not only did he bless us, but he blessed himself. Man of God, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you for saying yes to tonight because you said some key things. Hmm. What I got out of it, you said, yes, I am my brother's keeper. Mm-hmm. I wrote it down. You told us about the cities. Yes. We need to know we have a place to run to. You know, like I said, if it's a mistake, it may have been a mistake. But we need to know that we can run to the Lord. I thank you for tell, telling us that, again, there's nothing new under the sun. You, me, and nobody else have went through something that somebody else haven't went through. Even like I was speaking earlier, don't tell someone you know how they feel because you don't know what somebody done been through. But you better believe somebody done been through it too. And we do have a rescue. His name is Jesus Christ. I thank God for the service on tonight. You all, please share. Please go back later and look at it on Facebook. Please look, listen to it again on Blog Talk. With Blog Talk, the lines are open. If you have any comments, you have any praise that you want to give to the Word of God on tonight, please do so at this time. The lines are open. Good evening, Minister Kaiser and uh, Minister Margo. Once again, uh, this is Carmita in Las Vegas. I have enjoyed this lesson as I enjoy most of the lessons. And uh, the fact that, um, and also the prayer, wonderful prayer, beautiful song. So I really enjoyed the young people getting involved. It does our hearts good to see that they're on a path that uh, God has touched. God has touched them, and this is a path that they 
themselves want to be on. The one thing um, about this particular lesson, and we have to remember sometimes that the Bible is a book of history also, and especially the Old Testament. And when you talk about the correlation between the cities of refuge and now Jesus is our city of refuge, I thought that was a beautiful concept. And it's also something to be studied. Exodus 21 tells you, uh, gives you the, the, the rules, kind of rules and procedures, regulations. Whoever strikes a man so that he dies shall be put to death. But then they also, um, in Numbers, tells you about these six cities of refuge. And see, this is something sometimes we tend to read through and, and not really give it a second thought. But you had three of these cities across Jordan and three, I believe, were in Canaan. And they were uh, a, a refuge for the people of Israel. So this was a, a really good historical and biblical lesson that we got uh, this evening. And also uh, when George spoke about the age that we live in and the uncertainty of the times, uh, my thought, and, and this is a time of confusion, chaos, immorality, where we, we seek self first. And we, we really don't think about God. God is not in anything that some people do, as I have observed. But if you don't know God and you're not rooted in God, he also made mention of the fact that we're, how, how safe will you be? How safe can you be? Because sometimes God will put you in situations that we sometimes attribute to the devil just so that you can call on him and experience his power. But see, a lot of people don't don't keep that in mind. And the fear in your heart may not necessarily be from God. Uh, but if we stand firmly on God's promises and we build a relationship with him, then I think we can come to him at any time for any reason, as long as we praise and bless him and, and uh, build that relationship with him. So I thought this was an awesome message, awesome message on tonight. Yeah. So, and I thank you all. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. I, too, would, I too would like to uh, offer my congratulations, uh, one to um, you, Apostle Renee, and your sister Cecilia, for providing this format for such a discussion of these matters biblical. And thank you, Margot, for putting together such a powerful ministry team this evening. Uh, the uh, opening worship song was tremendous. Thank you, Cynthia, for that. And the prayer was extremely powerful. And thank you, Minister Latoya, for that. We thank you so much for that. And um, Mr. Randy, excellent, excellent biblical, historical uh, reference that you gave us tonight about the cities of refuge. You know, when you think about it, that's the basis of our judicial system to remove mm. revenge uh, from the plate and replace it with justice. Because you can imagine if someone's, pers- if someone's friend or family member or a personal friend was uh, killed, murdered, or just by accidental death, the 
amount of emotional turmoil they'd be going through, their initial reaction would be able to get would be would want to be able to get revenge for that. And there was that that was carefully thought out for them to have a place for someone to go who was guilty of that. First of all, they admitted their guilt by going to the city of refuge in the first place. And if they were not exonerated, they would have to suffer uh, the consequences. If they were exonerated, they still had to be very, very pensive about what it was that they did to have caused the death, even though it may have been accidental. Um, and God, it's just it's such a, a, a brilliant tie-in also to how Jesus became that city of refuge for us, somewhere we could run and uh, trust our guilt to. Thank you so much for this message tonight. It was so uh, timely, um, and the uh, program was so well thought out. I appreciate it. This this is Ron, Ron Montgomery, um, and uh, thank you all so much for providing uh, this needed message tonight. Thank you, Ron. Thank you, Ron Montgomery. So we've had Carmita from Las Vegas and Ron Montgomery from Texas. We want to just say thank you all for listening and sharing with us on tonight. Is there anyone else at this time would like to share? Yes, I'm Catherine Seabird. <clears throat> I would like to share my thoughts. I enjoy it. It warmed my heart to know the next generation is thinking of God and God is our refuge. I enjoyed the song, Little Cynthia, and Latoya, powerful prayer, and Randy's message, God's our refuge. And thank you, Minister Margo, for always reminding me to listen in on Monday nights. You all have warmed my heart. And as I say, it warmed my heart to know the next generation is thinking of God because there are so many young people that's going astray right now. So God bless each of you. I love you. Thank you, Aunt Catherine, so much. That is one of our eldest family members that we love so dearly and so much. And to just know that she's a part of the second generation. So you all have to understand, when we minister on tonight and we hear our different generations call in and listen in, you got generations two and generations three and generations four. It's a blessing because Aunt Catherine was living with our parents to see that we kept it going, and now we're living to see the next generation keep it going. So don't tell me that God's word isn't true when he said to the seventh generation, praise to the hundredth generation. God's word is true. Is there anyone else that would like to have a, a comment or anything at this time? Uh, yes, my name is Karen Porter, and I am from Rockford, Illinois. I am a sorority sister of Marcos, and a couple of things that I would just like to share with you. It is wonderful when families can get together and pray together and speak about the word of God. So the first thing that I am struck by is um, one of my favorite African proverbs says, 
when you walk or follow in the path of your elders, you learn to walk like them. And then right along with that is a scripture when I was growing up, I really didn't like when the elders used to say it to us, but it is so true. But train up a child in the way he should go, and when he grows old, he will not depart from that. Many of us in the older generation have not departed from our training at this point in our lives. And to see this family giving their young people a chance to show that they are walking in your footsteps and learning from your footsteps is a powerful thing. So I thank you for that. And um, young man, I just want you to know I will be using on my prayer line about the city of refuge and that our city of refuge can be found in Jesus Christ. And I'm going to give you recognition from where I got it from, but I'm sure going to use it on my prayer line. I love you all, and thank you so much for letting me be a part of your ministry. Thank you so much for being a part. Is there anyone else at this time would like to have a comment? Good to hear your voice, Karen. Love you, God. Praise God. This is uh, Mother Tony, and I just want to uh, add to all that has already been said. There is uh, uh, there's not much left. Praise <laughs> God. That. Um, Minister uh, Renee sort of sums it all up, helping us to really re- just to just to reiterate that uh, Randy gave us such a good example of what God has prepared for us for those who love Him, mm-hmm. and He has built, He has already made a way of of escape for us. Uh, in in such times like this, and I know it seems yeah. to be a confusing time, but if we read over in the scripture, Mama used to say all the time, if you read the uh, headline and you read over in the Bible, you know what times we're living in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're living in that time when we need to be reminded that we do have a refuge in Jesus Christ. That's it. And so we thank Randy for that reminder. We thank Latoya for reminding us of how we can run to him, and there is nothing that we cannot take to him. And so she just reminded us of what it looks like when we take all of our burdens and all of our cares and we lay them at at his feet. So, So we will surrender all of those things to him. And then Cynthia came alongside to remind us that it's because of his blood because of his sacrifice that we have been saved and and we have that refuge in Christ. The lineup was just perfect, not because they lined it up, but because Christ lined it up for us. Mm 
to remind us of who we are, where we are, and whose we are. So I thank the, the that gener, this generation of showing us what it looks like when the torch is passed. And it's passed on in such a way that it will ignite this next generation to rem, be reminded that it is it is a, a a honorable place to be is to continue with the work of the Lord. So I just thank the Lord for for what I've heard tonight, how my heart has been encouraged and how it just gives me just another just a, just another little more oomph to to continue to walk according to God's word. Thank you, Saints. Amen. Thank you, Mother Tony. Also a Texan that called in to support the ministry. Thank you so much. Is there anyone else at this time would have a comment? I do. Praise. I'm sorry. I do. Okay. My name is Valerie Avalos. And I just wanted to tell Cynthia, thank you for blessing me tonight with your harmony like an angel. You sang to my soul. I wanted to tell Minister Seabury that you've touched me in a way that you haven't. Thank you for your word. Thank you for blessing me with that tonight. Thank you so much for your comments. Is there anyone else who have comments? This is Sister Carmen. Um, I just wanted to say um, I, too, am just glorifying and magnifying the Lord for um, the lineage that has went forth, you know, our our blessed uh, sons and daughters that take the mantle and they run with it. It is truly such an honor and a privilege that we have to give God the glory to be able to uh, see them go forth and with such power and might and anointing and um, I I just it just lets us know that God is no respect of person because I have a son he's 33 years old and I know he's going to go forth one day with that same power and might and anointing so I grab hold to that for what God is going to do in my son's life. Uh, just by hearing this young man and what God is doing in his life and how he's breaking that word down. And uh, it was just good, good, good eating, you know. Uh, I had a full dinner, but, hey, I like to snack at nighttime. So it was a very, very good snack. And I'm just attributing to uh, being a part of this ministry has really uh, blessed me in so many ways, the love that you all have one for another and, the fact that Minister Margot, uh, you know, avails herself in such a way, but not only uh, for us, but she opens up the door for generations to come. And that's a blessing because some people, they just don't want to let go and let these young people do what they, they're called to do and we should want them to do. So, um God bless you, Minister Margot, and God bless each and every one of you because uh, I I can go to bed now, you know. <laughs> I can go to bed and rest and, and rejoice and 
like I say, continue to give God glory because it it does so good to see men, our sons, our sons move forward in the ministry. It's it's just a blessing, you know, because we need our sons to come forth. We need them, you know. We need the men. God did not call call for the churches to be full of women. No, no. He's no respect of person. He wants everybody, everybody. And this is an open door for everybody. This is not a um, secluded uh, uh, ministry of worship and praise and, you know, um, enter into the holies of holies. God has made this available forever. He said, you know, he wants us all to come. So um, thank God for each and every one of you. Um, and thank God for the young people that went forth in power and in might and in anointing. So I'm smiling. You can't see me, but I'm smiling because it just, it's joy. It's joy to my soul. Joy to my soul. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Carla. Is there anyone else would like to have a comment made at this time? Minister Sylvia, this is Cecilia. I just want to say thank you to the historians, thank you to the teachers, thank you to the psalmists and the lyricists, thank you to the intercessors, uh, thank you to the fivefold ministry that we heard on tonight, and we know that our parents put it down on the inside of us, and their parents put it down on the inside of them, as you all have already said. But on tonight, I heard a college. That's what I heard. On tonight, I heard a college, and I heard a university. I heard uh, people in the Seabury family. I I actually heard in my head Seabury College. I actually heard, you know, Randy being that historian, that, that teacher. I heard Cynthia being that person that taught people how to write a song and then to actually sing the song and the melody, and the same thing with LaToya. So I thank God for not only allowing me to hear the message on tonight, but to hear the gift and the talent of those that shared with us on tonight. So thank you so much for willingly sharing your gift with us and everyone in the World Wide Web. I truly, truly thank you. I'm so grateful. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Apostle Elect, for those words of encouragement to know that the Seabury has a lineage of a college in it, hmm. a university in it. Ah, that, now that is powerful. Thank you for that. Is there anyone else that would like to make a comment at this time? Okay, with with that being said, I just want to say, Randy, I can just see your mom sitting back in her chair in Las Vegas saying, God, I thank you. I don't have to worry because I see that it's stuck. I see that it's stuck to him. I thank you, Lord, for everything you promised me and his dad and his grandma and his granddaddy and his aunties and uncles. It will and it has come to pass. I thank God for Latoya taking on that attitude, 
that her mom took on done an excellency. Mm. I think I thank God for that. I thank God for Cynthia taking on that attitude that her mom said, Nevertheless, I'm still gonna give God praise. Nevertheless, God, everything that I am and everything that I have, God use it for your glory. I don't care what it looked like. I don't care what it sounds like. I don't care what nobody says. For God, you gave me this gift, and I will use it for your glory. I thank God for Minister Margo saying, I won't give up. I won't give in. God, you said to pull them in from the highways and the byways. God, you said to let them know that there is still a need that you play a big part in a major part. We call this program because Margot told me to call it that when she said who they were. She said, Cousins Connected. I know that's what the cousins call themselves now, that when they did the family reunion, they called it the cousins. So they're letting you know that, that they're in a generation where they're saying that the next level, the cousins, is joining together. And that's what it was on tonight. Those were all three first cousins joining together. They were children of sister, two sisters and a brother. And I just thank God that they came forth united. That mm, I, I can only explain it to you in so many words, but God is an awesome God. He said, we have not because we ask not. And I thank you, Minister Margo, for asking the next generation to step up, step out, and trust God. And I thank you for standing on it faithfully. I'm going to end that because we know that our family is anointed to talk. And I will be taking it to another service. But one service is enough because you can't top what has already been said on tonight. So, Minister Margo, it's back in your hands. Um, you can do the closing remarks or I can do the closing remarks, however you want to do it, because this is your night, because your, you present your ministry. So it's in your hands, Minister Margo. Oh, what? Thank you, um, Minister Sylvia. You can just close us out. I know we're a little bit over time, but I think everyone was blessed on tonight. Just thank you for just letting us be part of what God put in your spirit as you accept your assignment. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you all for tuning in, and thank you all for staying over a little bit with us. But we do not put God on an assignment. We do not put him on a time. We let the Lord have his way in our lives and in our program. We thank you all for joining us this Monday night. We're here every Monday night of the, of the month from 8 p.m. Central Standard Time to 9 and uh, or 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Next Monday is the fourth Monday. We will be blessed with Minister Ron Montgomery and Missionary Mother Tony Montgomery. We will be talking about family. And we would like you all to join us at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time next Monday. On this Friday, it will be the third Friday of the month of August. Um, I will be your minister. You all tune in because, you know, uh, we know that laughter is medicine to the body, to the heart. And we're going to do a little laughing on this Friday as well as we're going to be sharing the Word of God. So please tune in on this Friday at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and let God um, 
teach us how to laugh, but yet still be saved, okay? Don't forget to tune in on Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. Central Standard Time, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, knowing that that is the time that most people are either getting ready for church or some that went to the early services coming home or on their way to eat. Join with us with uh, possibly like Dr. Cecilia Kaiser, Minister Margot McCor, Minister Brandon McCor, as they bring forth the word on Smile 3E, Iron Sharpening Iron, Worldwide Web Blog Talk Ministries, as we are doing, learning to do everything with Facebook also, so there will not be no excuse. Okay, so know that that's where we're, where we're at, that's where we're going, that's what we're doing. We're trying to make sure that God's word get out. And know this, we love you with the love of the Lord. There's nothing you can do about it. We're asking God that everyone that goes to sleep on tonight get a peaceful rest with their sleep. Also, we're asking you to ask God to hide this word in your heart that you may not sin against him, that you might not sin against him, that you won't sin against him. We're asking you to ask God to just keep this word fresh in your mind and in your ears that you hear it over and over and over that you learned on the night, Jesus is a city of refuge. So with that being said, know that our foundational scripture is Matthew 6 and 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Good night, everyone. Good night.